This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, here we go. Let's get it going on a Friday. Final Friday before the holidays. This is Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you on another Flames game day. Flames and the Los Angeles Kings last night. 4-3 year final in overtime. Adrian Kempe with the game winner. Flames battle back, but not enough to pick up the victory. We'll dive into last night's game with Peter Labardius coming up in just moments here. And then off to the Anaheim Ducks tonight. One of the worst teams in the NHL. But if you're the Calgary Flames, your focus picking up two points tonight heading into the Christmas break. And that's where we'll start things off this afternoon, heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, welcoming in our Flames insider and the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. He is Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Uh, good afternoon, Lou. How are you? I think I'm doing better than you today, by the sounds of things. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fighting it ahead of the holidays here, pal. Yeah, I know. I could tell the last couple of days, and I was hoping for you that it would actually uh, improve rather than worsen. But, uh, yeah, hang in there and take care of yourself. I'll do just that. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, last night. Uh, not the ideal scenario for Daryl Sutter's crew to find themselves down 3-1 all of a sudden, but hey, they, they were able to battle back and picked up an important point last night against the Kings. Logan, I just thought a couple of things. It was a really hard-fought game right from the get-go. Chances were not that easy to come by for either side. Flames take a double minor in the first period and really allowed L.A. to take Control. I thought the second period, there really wasn't a whole lot going on for either side. But the Flames really didn't get to their game, Logan, until 3-1. to one. And then they put some shifts together. It led to a power play. They scored and then had a great push from there until, you know, a bit of a tough break and anything can happen and three-on-three three overtime and, you give up a couple odd mans, and Kempe won the game. So when I chatted with Kirk Muller yesterday, the Flames associate coach, he said to me, and he was 100% correct, that the Kings do a great job in the middle of the ice. And they track hard, and they reload really well. And so for the Flames to manage it in the middle of the ice and to get pucks behind the Kings' defense was something that didn't happen until they were 3-1 down. When they got to it, boy, how the game changed. But I still really appreciated the resilience. I see strides for this group. And if they can take care of business tonight, which 
probably won't be that easy because nothing has come very easy for this group. And the scenario leads itself a little bit to, you know, the potential that it might not be as easy as you'd like it to be. Then it's a great trip, a terrific building block. You're starting to continue to get good production from a lot of your key people, both on defense and up front and in goal. So I like the way the team is headed, and I just hope that they do not underestimate their opponent tonight and have one foot on the plane because I don't care if it's Anaheim or who you play in this league, you better at least bring your B game and a pretty good B game or it might not be good enough. And we've talked a bit this week, Lou, about especially the goaltenders, and maybe that's a reason why we saw Dan Vladar last night, is to hey, make sure you're putting your best foot forward tonight in Anaheim, and maybe having Jacob Markstrom in the net is a way of Daryl Sutter, you know, trying to push that importance of not letting two points slip away from his group tonight. Well, it was the one reason that I thought when we talked about the decision yesterday, you might not have your most structured game, And if that is going to be the case, you'd like to see Jacob, your number one guy, be in a position to, again, give you a chance to win. But take nothing away from Daniel Vladar. He was excellent last night. And I thought he was one of the better players on the team from start to finish. So goaltending right now, I feel, is, you know, really for the first time all year become a huge strength. And I didn't even think really in the case of Jacob – that it was as poor as it was made out to be. I think the expectations Mm -hmm. in last year figured prominently in some of the reaction in regards to the fan base and and even people around the league that don't watch the team on an every-night basis. So, you know, the Ducks still have some people that can hurt you, and... You know, the Flames' defensive game as a group of six is still a work in progress. So, not surprised that they're going to go with Jacob tonight. One guy that we've meant to get to this week, but we haven't had a chance to, and might as well get to it now because he was outstanding as he has been for most of the season. I know you've wanted to talk a bit more uh, about Tyler Toffoli and just how good he's been a return to a place he won Stanley Cups in in L.A., and he's just been so important for this group, Lou, especially on that top line. Well, he has been arguably as consistent as any forward they have had all year. And, you know, he scores his 14th goal of the season. Uh, He plays with extreme intelligence. He doesn't have the world's best boots. But what excites me right now, and he's gone through – you know, some stretches, Logan, this year, like everybody else, where there were opportunities, but not always as much finish, even for him. But I can tell right now he feels like he's going to score every time he gets it in a good location. And I think if you were to ask him, that's exactly what his response would be. And that is, you know, to quote the old great, Danny Gallivan, one of my all-time favorite hockey play-by-play broadcasters, that was a cannonading drive last night to get the Flames back in it on the power play at 3-1. to one. 
I've really liked the way he has played. And and people like Toffoli and Lewis, who have such a great understanding of Daryl and what he wants and what he expects, I think those guys this year have been probably, Logan, way more valuable than we could ever know in terms of, you know, helping the group deal with someone who is as business-like and as demanding as Daryl because they know him and they also know that when it's done right, it works. Yeah, and it, it can be valuable sometimes when you've got a coach like Daryl who can be so demanding to have some of those guys, Lou, that, that understand the process and Tyler's yeah. certainly been one of them. Goal number 14 on the year for him last night. Flames do fall in overtime. And I wanted to ask you, has there been something about the overtime periods that's struck you this year? I know you know, you can say the talent of Goudreau and Kachuk isn't there, but something about three-on-three three just hasn't gone the Flames' way this year. Well, I never felt, and I haven't had a chance to look it up, Logan, um, you know, Johnny certainly made for three-on-three, three, especially with the puck. Uh, I wouldn't say that about him without it. Matthew, as far as finish, always good. Do I see anything? Yeah, I do see a little bit of something. I see a team that, you know, does not feel overly confident, I don't think, when they get into that situation. Um, I actually really like that Daryl employed off the get-go two defensemen and one forward to get them off to potentially a better start. Um, I didn't mind last night, so I thought, you know, they created more than enough to potentially get one by Phoenix Copley and win the hockey game. The one area I would talk about, though, Logan, is this. The Calgary Flames are not necessarily, you know, the speediest team in the league. And don't necessarily have, you know, the highest level of skill in comparison to some of the other teams. And that's nothing against them. They're they're more built, you know, for five-on-five success, and power play is coming along. Um, their penalty killing was outstanding last night, again. Yeah, it just between confidence, um, I'm going to guess they probably could use a little more practice with it. And and that's, that's the hard part, right? When you play okay. 15 last month and 16 this month, not a lot of practice time. What about you? Are you seeing anything? No. You know, not really. Even last night, like you said, I I didn't mind them. It's just it's sometimes those little moments in, in games, and I'm sure I, I know Jonathan took her in the teeth last night a couple of times. It's just it's the little things at three on three, and you're right. It just feels like a team that could use uh, a day or two to go over a couple of things, but I haven't felt like they've been all that bad at three on three this year. No, listen. Over the history of this team, I remember a stretch where. You know, they couldn't win a shootout to save their lives. Um, I always feel this way, Logan. 
Now, some some teams are better at it than others, and it will really bother Daryl because I haven't heard it this year, but I did hear it last year when the team, you know, wasn't exactly overwhelming in overtime or shootouts that, you know, he takes a lot of pride in that. And, and those extra points matter greatly. Last night, I probably wasn't as disappointed as some other people just because I appreciated the resilience from 3-1 down. And even though it's not two, it's certainly way better than giving that opponent two and getting none yourself. I just think, Logan, like a lot of other things, it fits this team. Mm-hmm. And, and it fits this team in this regard. They haven't exactly been the most opportunistic group this year with their chances. And isn't that what happened last night? It was for me. Yeah. Uh, Chenneth Peter Labardius, our Flames insider for the Gemini Group Home Renovations, joins us every day to kick off the program. Uh, before we get to what does Lou say to end off this Friday, Lou, uh, I thought on Anaheim heading into tonight. We've talked about it a lot. They're, they've been down this year. It's a young group. Dallas Aikens, the coach there. When you look at Anaheim, what's what's led to it being this bad? Because I don't think that anyone was expecting them to be a playoff team, but I think we were expecting them to be a little bit further along than they are right now. Well, I don't love their injury list. That is for sure. You know, when they lost Jamie Drysdale for the year, um, that to me was almost a telltale story of how their season might go. And Logan, even though that, listen, Zegras, McTavish, you know, Troy Terry has really found himself for the most part the last two years. This is still a team right now counting on a lot of young people to be really good in the best league in the world. And there are warts. And at this point, it's going to change, but there's not necessarily a lot of depth. And when you take away, for me, two young players in Drysdale and Isaac Lindstrom, that type of team can't afford that. They just can't. And so injuries, you know, look, look in goal right now. Both guys are out, including Gibson. Not sure if he's going to return tonight, but he's missed four now, I believe, with a lower body injury. Now, Lucas Doshal has come up, former Czechia World Junior Team member, and has played really well. Ask the Edmonton Oilers about last Saturday afternoon. And he's been pretty good in their last number of games. But the hardest thing about going through a rebuild and a retooling, in my personal opinion, is you still need enough quality veterans, and they've got good ones. Adam Henry is a dynamite one. I can't think of a better guy to help mentor and grow young people. I'd say exactly the same about Cam Fowler. But they've lost so much off their blue line, and without Drysdale... You know, John Klingberg, it hasn't exactly flourished. 
So you get some injuries, and then you bring in some key people that don't give you what you want, and I think we're familiar with the effect that can have here in Calgary, at least in the interim. That's not a great combination for success. And the other part is losing manifests losing. It's no fun, and it weighs, and it weighs heavily. And so it's always a really difficult balance in the sport to rebuild, retool, and yet go through a lot of heartache and pain to get there. But I I see some promise for this group, but it just hasn't happened this year. And that's, to be frank, Logan, that's probably a good thing in some ways because – Guess what they're going to get in early July? More good young players. Yeah, and uh, hey, in the right hands, that's never a bad thing. And they've turned some of them into great prospects already, and they'll just need a, a couple of it more. And so it already looks like a dangerous group, Lou, and not far off from adding more to it. No, but when... You know, two of your top centers are 19 and 21. It's a lot to ask. And those guys aren't McDavid or Matthews. No. And look at the guys even last night, Lou. Look at uh, what Deneau and Kopitar do for the young centers in L.A. It makes a big difference. (laughs) Great point. Their best center last night might have been Blake Lazat. Yes. That, That group. Yeah won the matchups last night, regardless of who they were against. And that was probably an area for me coming into the game last night where I thought the Flames had a great chance to take advantage. They didn't. Because they did a pretty good job against the top two lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Flames and Ducks tonight, another 8.30 start uh, before the Christmas break, and then back at it next week against the Edmonton Oilers on the 27th. But before we let you go today, Lou, got to do this every single Friday. Uh, It's our pleasure to bring you What Does Lou Say? It's brought to you by our friends at Bruce Chris Steakhouse, the best place for game day. Order from the primetime menu. Make it in time for puck drop. Two courses from $55 and three from $65. You can visit RoosChrisSteakhouse.ca. And I thought this was a good question uh, for you today. Our winner is uh, Zenon. He has won a $200 gift card to Roos Chris Steakhouse and a pair of tickets to that Flames-Oilers game next week, oh. Lou. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I thought with this... The value goes up again. Whew. Battle of Alberta after a nice little uh, Roos Chris dinner. It doesn't get much better than that for a Calgary sports fan, does it? Uh, it wouldn't for me. <laughs> and I like this question. Works out well because you were uh, at the Wranglers game this week celebrating Brent Sutter's 1,000th game. And uh, Zenon asked if there was a prospect either from the Wranglers or otherwise that you're most excited to see play either this season or next, Lou. The one guy that comes to mind for me is Matthew Coronado, who plays at Harvard University, off to a good start. He actually reminds me about of the guy that we've talked about today, Tyler Toffoli. Wouldn't say he's got the world's greatest feet, but gets there. Highly intelligent, versatile. 
can play both center and the wing. He's a right-handed shot, which matters for this organization. Shoots it a ton. He's creative. He makes plays. He would probably be at the top of my list. I think I think Pelche is getting closer and closer to being an NHL option. Just probably needs to get a little bigger and stronger, but the work has been excellent. Um, he's around it. He's hounding pucks. I've really liked him. And, and another prospect, and again, not not ready, probably at least another full year, I would say, from being really in a conversation. Starting to see some growth in former second-round pick Yan Kuznetsov. Big, strong, physical, starting to really impose it. You know, he's making better decisions with the puck. So, Coronado at the top, and then those two guys who I get to see a lot of, probably next. That's another edition of What Does Lou Say? You can enter every single week. We give away a pair of lower bowl tickets and a $200 gift card to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Simply go to sportsland.ca slash 960. Go to the contest tab. You'll see a great picture of Lou. It says, what does Lou say? You enter your question in. If we answer it on a Friday, you could be our next winner. Lou, thanks for everything, pal. Uh, have a great call today. Thanks for putting up with my muffled voice. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours, pal. We'll see you next week, eh? Well, same to you. And just quickly before I go, um, to Tim Collins and his incredible staff, I still haven't been able to hook up with Tim so far this season, but that's uh, high on my wish list in the new year. Can't thank them enough for the great prize and the ongoing support on this hit. And, of course, Curtis and his group over at Gemini, who have been long, long-time sponsors and supporters to everyone. Please be safe. Um, I think we've had a lot of reminders and reasons in the last few years that, uh, you know, Christmas, as much as it's about gifts and some of the things that go hand in hand, tell the people that you care about the most, that you love them, that they matter and, and really enjoy your friends and family that matter the most, if indeed you're lucky enough with all the travel concern to be able to spend time with them. So, and you, my friend, you take care of yourself. We'll do, Lou. Happy holidays, pal. Okay, you too, my friend. Talk soon. There you go. Peter Labardius, Flames Insider, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. Joins us every single day to kick off the program. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Take a look at the Anaheim Ducks, the Flames opponent for tonight. We'll do that next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Flames game day tonight from Anaheim. The Calgary Flames looking to finish off their pre-Christmas schedule with a victory against the Ducks. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you. Take a look at the Flames opponent tonight. 
the Anaheim Ducks. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon and welcome in Josh Brewster covering the Anaheim Ducks, host of the Anaheim Ducks post game since 2006. Uh, Josh, how are you doing today? Thanks for doing this, man. I'm doing well, Logan. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. And uh, uh, interesting year for the Anaheim Ducks so far, 9-22 and 3 on the season for Dallas Aikens group, I guess. Uh, just sort of give our listeners a bit of a recap of what's been uh, a down year for the Ducks so far. Well, yeah, it's uh, there's been you know there's been a lot of disappointment and long stretches of of um, ineptitude. You you know you, here here's what you have. You, you have Troy Terry, very exciting player. He's been a little cold lately, but very exciting player. And then Trevor Zegers really has something special that you really can't bottle. And we're looking forward to a long career there. Cam Fowler, in my estimation, is still maybe the most underrated defenseman in the National Hockey League. I think if you put him on any team that could score goals, he would he would be constantly talked about as one of the elite defensemen, but he's not because Anaheim has struggled to score goals the last few years. So flash, flash forward to the rest of it this year, and you have – you have uh, you have a lineup that has uh, a handful of guys who are on the cusp of the NHL and probably need to be in the AHL, and then you have some you know the guys I guys I mentioned, and then you have uh, some veterans who are not performing up to snuff. I don't think Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano have produced as much as they'd like. John Klingberg hasn't produced as much as he'd like, although he's been better lately. And so you have a, a team that, with with an, enough inexperience and uh, enough uh, shortcomings, where you can't really sustain whatever you start that's good. And there's times when we play a full sixty minutes and maybe we win a game here or there, but you know we'll come back. I'll give you the other the other night uh, versus Minnesota as an example. The the midpoint of the game, the shots are twelve to eleven. At the end of the game. The shots are 42 to 22 in favor of Minnesota with 18 power play shots. We're constantly taking penalties and um, there's just nothing that can be created here that could be looked at as coherent. And I, I hope that makes some sense. No, absolutely. And uh, look, I know everyone pointed to the, the long stretch without a regulation win for Anaheim this year. And I guess I'm just curious from your view, obviously, when you've got as many bodies on the IR right now that Anaheim does, it's going to be hard to sustain any type of success. But how much has that played into the struggles for Anaheim when you lose guys like a Jamie Drysdale, like an Isaac Lundstrom, uh, who have been, you know, key parts and young pieces for this Ducks group that they're hoping to take that next step. The one that really sticks out is Jamie Drysdale because, you know, this is a young guy. Uh, we really, you know, we our forte has always has been, even through tough times, has been points and goals by defensemen. And you got to have that in this league. And, uh, you know, it, so we really miss Jamie Drysdale. Isaac Lundstrom, I miss him because I'd like to see him turn his season around. Uh, he had a very good one last year. As far as the rest are concerned, I think that there's, um, I think there's a, a larger uh, problem in terms of uh, the organization um, going through a big rebuild right now. And I, I have a feeling that there are some players like um, 
Michael Delzato, who we just brought back, who's in San Diego for now. Ole Ulevi, who you know from Vancouver, fifth overall pick in 2016. We signed him up. I have a feeling we're going to see him at some point, and I have a feeling there's going to be a, a number of changes, You, especially now that you have a, a nine games left on a 10-game homestand. And I'm, I'm starting to think that players like Braden Tracy, who you drafted, or Jack Aparo, who you drafted, um, um, Sasha Postajov, who you drafted, you may start seeing some of those guys um, somehow uh, come up here and, uh, and get a shot. Because there's, I don't know if there's really a lot worth holding on to. I can name about a half a dozen guys who are worth holding on to. And then, you know, the rest, you know, whatever we can do to stockpile for the future. I, I haven't mentioned the goaltending. I, I do believe quickly here that John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz have not looked as spectacular as they have in the past. But I firmly believe that you can throw all their numbers out. Just throw them out because the stats mean basically nothing. Um, they've endured a, a tremendous amount of shots on, against. And now we have Lukas Dostal uh, in the net, and we're taking a look at our future. So it makes you wonder whether something's going to move before the trade deadline in the nets. I think there's a lot of things that, that Pat Verbeek's going to want to do because you are where you are, and um, I think he's going to want to to make moves to get even more draft picks and more prospects uh, as soon as possible because, you know, you, you are what you are right now. Josh, if you could just sort of lay out where Dallas Aikens is in all of this, it seems like Pat Verbeek has come in and made it very clear that he's going to do things his way. He's going to make his decisions, you know, going back to the summer. Hey, Sonny Milano, good young player, but you don't fit our model. Not going to qualify. You're going to move on. But it's it's always interesting, that dynamic to me between a new GM and a coach that he didn't hire is that a dynamic that's still working itself out in Anaheim? Do we have a feel for, for what that relationship has been like between the two of them? You know, I, I, don't, I couldn't speak to the relationship between the two of them, but I can say just from uh, observing a bus- in a business sense, you know how it usually ends up with uh, a, a GM inheriting a coach. So I would say that I think that Pat Verbeek is fully committed to Dallas Aikens for this season. I don't think he'll make a move now, uh, but I do wonder whether the Ducks will look to to change things up uh, in the off season, perhaps. But I, I think that Verbeek is being fair with Aikens, and um, in fact, very fair with Aikens. And I think he is, you know, I, honestly, I think he is looking for a reason to continue the relationship. Um, and and if he wasn't, he wouldn't have kept him around for this year. Uh, but I think he he wants to to give Aikens a full season to, you know, to really see what he can do. And I, I'm also a believer, by the way. I've seen the way this team can play. It's not playoff caliber, but it can be a lot better. And and I think there are more chapters to be written here. You know, we're always talking about who's in the playoffs, who's in the playoffs. But this is 50 games from now, and and you know, I I, I think there are some more chapters to be written, and there may be some points of improvement. Uh, and there may be some some better stretches of time for the Ducks, even if they're not headed to the postseason. Some of those young guys you mentioned, uh, Trevor Zegris, Troy Terry, obviously were the darlings of the league for some of their flashy plays, some of the great offensive things that they've been able to contribute. And uh, I think it's great for the game. I love how they're building uh, around these skilled players in Anaheim. But I'm curious how they've 
taken to a, a losing season so far because it's fun to be on the cover of, of an NHL video game and to be on the highlight reel. But as we know, most of these guys, Josh, are, are hugely competitive and want to win all the time. How has it been for guys like Zegris and Terry and even uh, you know a youngster like Mason McTavish who's had to come in and yeah. had some pretty hard nights in the NHL so far? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't, I, I'd forgotten to mention Mason McTavish. Um, well, you know, the, the impression I get is, you know, Terry and Zegris and McTavish, for example, they're, they're and, and Drysdale, if he were here, they're really, really green. They're still in their the earliest stages of their careers. So I don't see any discontent. You know what I mean? I don't see them knocking on the GM's door and, their, their agent calls up and, and says, you got to get my guy out of there. I think they, they're in full acceptance. I think they, they look toward a future. And when, when you, you know, I, I don't even like the word future and I don't like the word potential, but when you look at the docs between McCavish, Terry Zegras, Jamie Drysdale, you know, there's a lot to like there. And uh, there's a lot of good players there. And so, you know, another thing we always forget as hockey fans is how long it really takes to develop a hockey player. We draft at 18. The NFL drafts at 21 or 22. That's a world of difference. So hockey fans always, you know, you need to, hockey fans should kind of check their heads about how long it really takes. There's only so many guys who are going to come in at 18 and set the world on fire or 19. Uh, but so, no, I don't, I don't detect any discontent. And I'll tell you, on the, on the point of Mason McCavish, his game has really, really grown. And I'm, I'm predicting here and now, that I think toward the end of the season, he will have enough points where you'll start hearing his name alongside Matty Beneers and Logan Thompson and, and Pietr Kotchikov. I really believe that because he, in, since Lundstrom went out, he is the third-line center, and he's learning how to play a, a tougher and tougher game in the NHL. So I think as the season goes on, McTavish will, will scale the, the heights in terms of Calder consideration. Uh, whether he wins it, I have no idea, but I I think he'll start to come on as a dark horse. Uh, Josh, just a couple more for you. Really do appreciate the time on a game day. Uh, I'm curious about some of the the veterans on this team. Going back earlier in our conversation, you mentioned it hasn't been an ideal year for Ryan Strom or for Frankie Vitrano in Anaheim. But I'm I'm curious as to the role that they're going to play in this going forward for the Ducks, especially a guy like Strom who gets a five-year contract. And I think... I look at that move and say, I think there's a guy that's going to help shelter some of the young minutes, you know, the young guys from those hard minutes, be an important leader for this group. Why hasn't it worked for him so far early on in Anaheim? Well, you know, first of all, with regard to Vitrano, I really like this guy because he's always shooting a lot, and I like shooters, and his instinct is to shoot, and we need shots. As far as Strom goes, you know, both Strom and Vitrano are on deals that the, the numbers are not so great that they can't be moved. But as far as Strom goes, you know, I, I, I really look at, um, I look at the, the, the team's success and being bogged down in the defensive zone as much as they are. You know, you can't, I, I can't lay all that at Strom's feet, you know, and, and it's not that easy for our really hugely offensively talented players to function. Um, and I, I, I don't, I'm not so sure that Strom would be one you would, you know, you just use as trade bait. I mean, anything's possible, but I, I think there's something there. And I, I think you're right. I think he does 
uh, help greatly with with uh, a veteran presence where you, you on a team where you really need it. So it, it just remember, here's the thing, and, and you look, you're out in Calgary, so you'll appreciate this. When you get rid of Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson, that's a those are big losses, mm-hmm. and you're really going to take some time to get guys like Drew Hellis and Axel Anderson, et cetera, to fill to fill those roles, if you ever fill those roles. And as a person who lives in Calgary, you'll appreciate this. Do you know how many people are stunned by how good Hampus Lindholm is? Oh, Hampus Lindholm, look how well he's doing with Boston. I've been watching this for years, and I'm convinced that the writers don't even stay up late enough to watch the Flames or the Ducks or the Canucks or the Sharks or any of the West Coast teams. They don't stay up late enough to watch any of this. If the, what are they so stunned that Hampus Lindholm is doing so great? He was doing great here. So, you know, it, it's, that's was kind of revealing to me. So I, I think that there's big-time defensive deficiencies. I don't think it helps guys. like I think Terry and Zegers and Strom would all have much more points if you had Lindholm and Manson on this team. And uh, Gibson and Stolarz wouldn't be under quite the pressure that they, they have been. So as far as Strom goes, I, I think he really is a very useful guy. And, and I think that just because the points aren't where you want them to be, I think as the team improves – and plays better D, I, I think a guy like that will will look better and better. Uh, last one for you, just before we let you go. We know him well here in Calgary, obviously from his junior career, but all the way through his NHL career as well. How much of a loss has it been for this team without Ryan Getzlaff as, as he retires, one of the greatest Ducks of all time, and feels like that was a real leader in that group that was going to have to be you know, replaced internally in a, a, as a team effort to try to replace what Getzlaff meant to that team? Well, there's, there's no question about that, and I'm sure that in the dressing room it's a big loss. But to put this objectively, I think there are some things in the last few seasons that have plagued the Ducks like hor- horrifyingly bad power play that uh, are far bigger than Ryan Getzlaff. And, look, again, I think Ryan Getzlaff, to keeping the players around him honest and I think that's very was very valuable, and we miss it. And I, there's a reason we don't have a captain. I wonder. I thought it was going to be Fowler immediately, but I'm starting to wonder if it would be a guy like McTavish in coming years, or or Terry. But um, you know, it's just uh, Getzy was a great player. I think he's. De- it's a, certainly debatable whether he's Hall of Fame. I, I would tend to think he is, uh, and he certainly missed. But um, at the same time, also remember. He, he he missed stretches of time in the last couple of seasons due to injury. And, you know, this club is carrying forward some of the same problems they had the last two, three years. We haven't scored well in three, four years. And so, you know, these are bigger issues than Ryan Getzlaff. 100%. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for the time today. Really do appreciate it. Great insight on everything here. The listeners here in Calgary uh, getting a first-hand look at the team they'll see tonight. Have a great game tonight. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours. We'll chat down the line sometime soon. Thanks so much, Logan. Anytime, and Merry Christmas to you and your listeners. Thanks very much. Josh Brewster joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline uh, on this Friday afternoon, giving you an inside look at the Anaheim Ducks, the opponent for the Calgary Flames tonight as they finish off this four-game road stand uh, in Anaheim tonight, coming off that loss to the Kings yesterday. We'll have uh, another 8.30 start tonight, so pushing everything back a little bit once again. You'll have Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk a little bit later. You don't want to miss two hours of that. He'll take you up until warm-up around 7, 
then uh, him and Peter Labardius will take you all the way up until 8.30 when Lou and Derek will call the Flames and the Ducks right here on your home of the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.